0: The Mahe Mysteries is brought to you in association with Seychelles Tourism, from the land of tradition, mystery and endless surprise. For more information, visit www.seychelles.travel. Mahe Mysteries, investigated by Patrick Muirhead, inspired by real events on a remote tropical island, but all characters and action depicted are imaginary. All that remains. Episode 4. "'Hello!' I called to Hortense Gontier, "'as cheerfully and casually as a sweaty and panting fifty-something could, "'who's just stumbled in a hurry through a jungle "'in humidity as thick as a hot flannel. "'I had timed my arrival just right to coincide with hers "'at her mother's extravagantly huge abode. "'What a lovely surprise!' I said. "'Long time no see. You look absolutely radiant!' In fact, Hortense looked exhausted, in need of a long weekend and a spa at one of the island's resorts. Her face, without makeup, looked drawn and pinched, and her hair needed a wash. In contrast to her much more soigné older sister, she was in a civil service uniform that needed ironing. She eyed me suspiciously as she slammed the driver's door. "'Good afternoon, Mr. Patrick. "'I hope you and uh, Sébastien are both well?' Uh, "'The pinnacle of fitness, thank you,' I said, uh, "'however it may look. "'Are you uh, out for a run or something?' she asked. "'On a health kick?' Well, let's call it that,' I replied, "'regretting the Winstons and trying to catch my breath. "'Look, I'm, I'm so glad we've bumped into each other. "'There's something I must ask you.' She was moving quickly towards the house, and I wanted to catch her in the moment. ''About Père Maurice?'' she asked wryly. ''Very good,'' I said. ''How did you guess?'' ''Because, as you can perfectly well imagine, my sister told me, and she said you were asking a lot of unpleasant things. We don't talk to journalists.'' ''Well, let me reassure you that you aren't. I'm just your mother's penniless tenant now.'' and fellow Scrabble fanatic. I was sacked by the TV station a week ago last Friday, so whatever you tell me won't end up on tonight's edition of Nouvelle, Cubs' Honour. I've come to speak to my mother, who it seems has been putting ideas into your head, but if you haven't got a job anymore, I can't think why you're asking. Idle curiosity, I said. So, you won't help me to understand why your mother seems to possess such a pointed dislike of poor old Père Maurice? That's a pity. I won't, and I can't. And if you haven't noticed, the whole country is talking about poor old Père Maurice, as you put it. It's plastered all over the internet. Well, tell me something else, then. Completely unrelated. An estate matter. It's hard sometimes to get rational explanations from your mother, as I'm sure you know. So perhaps you may be able to shed some light for me, or for Sébastien, perhaps. We'd be like to keep an eye on your mother, but it's always such a terrible slog to fight our way through from the cottage. I was chatting earlier to Samuel, the boy in the garden, and asking him about the old trail, the direct path between the cottage and your mother's house. It's completely clogged with gigantic VR plants and creepers. He says she won't let him clear it. It just seems a little strange to me. Easier for everyone if it's cleared, wouldn't you say? That's something you will most definitely have to speak to my mother about. Toto's path, I said crisply. That's what I'm talking about. She stopped abruptly and spun around to face me. I know exactly the path you're talking about, but it's not something I want to discuss. We don't discuss it. We never discuss it. She appeared agitated. Something Toto did, was it? Before he disappeared? Was that it? She took a deep breath. Toto didn't disappear? Who have you been talking to? What have people been saying? Toto was dismissed. It's as simple as that. Dismissed? So why has the path apparently named in his honour been left for nature to reclaim, utterly sacrosanct, as if in loving memory of him? It wasn't named by us, said Hortense, perhaps by his crazy band of opposition comrades, as they then were, but we, my family, never wanted to hear anything more about him. Toto La Fortune was a a drunken, womanising brawler, a lazy good-for-nothing. And a supporter of the old opposition, I said. Yes, that too. And now I must speak to my mother, she said, throwing her handbag over her shoulder, before stalking off for her showdown without even saying goodbye. (laughs) I went home to change and shower. Sébastien was back from work. We made tea and discussed the day's developments. So, Madame de Chalice is saying, Père Maurice is, is what, a paedophile or something? Is that it? Does she have proof? he asked. It's not right to say these things about someone, about a priest. What does she know, really? He sucked his teeth that neat and inimitably situate expression of distaste. But she seems completely convinced, I said, and the daughters seem to know rather more about him than they're saying. It still leaves the question open about the skulls and why someone put them around to make a personal accusation or a more general point, whether it's about the church, a specific priest, or something else. ''But there was only one skull at Père Maurice's church,'' said Sebastian. ''The others were put somewhere else, at another church and a bus stop. ''Nothing to do with Père Maurice. ''I say that family has some personal vendetta against the man and is wrong.'' ''And their former gardener,'' I added, before recounting the story of Toto. ''There you go,'' said Sébastien. ''Bad people. They have poison in their hearts.'' You should stay away. These are people with secrets they have hidden, and they want to keep them that way. You should listen to me. I know what I am saying. After tea, Sebastian settled down on the sofa indoors with his iPad to watch American talk shows, while I took the dogs onto the beach. Dusk was approaching fast, and the ocean was bubbling menacingly. The sky was darkening, and a squally band of rain was moving in to give Mahe another heavy drenching. I followed Linus and Lucy's paw prints, trying to put some logic and order into seemingly unconnected facts. A feeling nagged me that somehow they were connected. The timing of the skull's placement, the suspension of the priest and the curiously emphatic opinions of the countess, And then the emergence of a further estate secret, the disappearance or possible dismissal of Toto, whose charge sheet appeared to include fondness for the bottle, bonking, and supporting the opposing team. Yet the matriarch of the Duchalis family and her children seemed equally at odds. The possibility of enlightenment rested at a pitch with the son, Frédéric, although getting sense out of him I knew would be a stretch. I told Sébastien I would be back in time for supper and left him immersed in Ellen before driving off up the coast towards Glow. I knew exactly where Frédéric would be as night fell over the island. Just off the main road at Porlonnais, a few miles north on Mahe's western shore, is one of the island's licensed local drinking houses. A Lacombe's, a place where tourists and expats rarely, if ever, visit, and where there's only one highly intoxicating and noxious local brew on the bar menu Bacca a fermented blend of just about anything the licensee can mix to make alcohol, from sugarcane, pineapples or mango, to lentils or potatoes. Some claim it's flavoured with old flip-flops, or even pairs of unwashed underpants. It's the preferred tipple of old Seychellois. And to my landlady's embarrassment, it was the favoured anaesthetic of Frédéric de Chalice, the countess's youngest child, and only son. Bonsoir, Frederic, I said, sliding onto a bar stool overlooking the table where he was slapping down dominoes with a motley gang of what might have been once hopeful fishermen, Pirat taxi drivers, and stevedores. He looked up at me, his eyes already loaded. Recognition dawned slowly. ''Ah, yes. Good evening, Mr. Patrick of the British Broadcasting... whatever. ''Have you come to tell us some news?'' I smiled at the licensee and ordered a drink, but out of an abundance of caution I didn't touch it, let alone allow a single drop of the dubious potion to pass my lips. Frédéric was playing dominoes for money, and he was frankly a mess.'' his T-shirt torn at one shoulder, and nylon basketball shorts smeared with engine grease, his fingernails blackened. He'd stopped brushing his teeth. Vile vapours of alcohol rose in the gathering, along with the men's voices and the sharp clap of tiles as they hit the table. "'I have no news to tell you,' I said, with growing regret at deciding to come. Frédéric pulled himself away from the game, "'He was losing, steadying himself as he slumped next to me at the bar. "'Buy me,' he said, pointing at the Demijohns. "'I raised my eyes to the licensee. "'Drink was poured, paid for, and taken. "'Did my mother send you?' he asked. "'Not at all. I came to find you myself. "'But I'm not on a mission of salvation.' Are you keeping yourself well? Is everything, you know, under control? (laughs) What do you think, Mr Patrick? He said and smiled. Does it look under control? You look uh, like a man who's out to party. Sometimes, uh, but not tonight. Give me some rupees. His eyes slid to meet mine. "'If you can tell me something,' I said. "'What do you want to know?' He was barely coherent. "'Tell me about Père Maurice,' I said. "'Père Maurice. "'Père Maurice. "'Oh, okay, Uh, Père Maurice.' He pushed his hands through uncut, unclean hair, yet still as black as pitch. "'What do you want to know?' Anything. I slid a 100-rupee note slowly along the countertop towards him. He reached out, but I retracted it. Anything at all, I said. There's nothing I can tell you, Mr Patrick. Journaliste Anglais. Never spoke to him. This is the pedo guy, right? The one on the news. The priest with the skulls. What about Toto. Tell me about him. I played with the rupee note. Don't talk to me about Toto. I had a bad character. That much I can say. Because of his politics? Frederick belched and smiled. Politics? No way, brother. Not that stuff. I don't care about that stuff. These guys. He gestured at the domino players. They are SPPF, LDS, every kind of thing. These are my brothers who cares about politics. But Toto, uh, he was a bad character. He became a bad character. But he was different before. Before what? When we were kids, we used to hang around together, you know. On the beach. We used to be brothers. I had sisters, but Toto and me, we were brothers once. We spent a lot of time together, me and Toto. My mother didn't like it. Me fooling around with him on the beach, just hanging around. We talked to girls, smoke, drink, usual stuff. Sometimes we fought. I knocked out his front tooth once enough by but he was chilled about it. I watched the embers of memory burst to flame and let him talk. He smiled. And sometimes, after the high tide, we'll go down and find bones and stuff, real human bones. On the beach? I asked. I slid the rupee note towards him and he cupped it. Right, brother, on the beach. The waves who pull the sand away, and sometimes we found bones. Skeletons, you know. From centuries ago. Sailors and all that. Those brothers were bass on their ships. And there weren't cemeteries then. They just got brought ashore and buried in the sand. That's how the place got its name. Anse Cimetière. Oh. The Mahe Mysteries was created by Patrick Muirhead and Lindsay Farabo. It was written, narrated, and produced by Patrick Muirhead. Music was by Isham Rath. It was an operculum media production recorded on location in Mahe Island, Seychelles. The Mahe Mysteries is brought to you in association with Seychelles Tourism from the land of tradition, mystery and endless surprise. For more information, visit www.seychelles.travel Hello everyone.